to quote Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Most people think that if someone's successful, they've had everything going their way. My intent this season is to get my guest leaders to share their honest experiences, not only around leadership, but also around wellness. I've spent 14 years in the corporate jungle with IT behemoths like IBM, SAP, Wipro and GBM in Dubai and the last six founding and building B2C startups. I'm Kaushik Bose and welcome to The Brain Box. On today's episode, I'm delighted to host Darshan Shetty, who's currently the general manager at Continental and has worked with conglomerates like Bosch in the past. He's also my batchmate from RVCE over two decades ago. A very warm welcome to the show, Darshan. Thank you, Kaushik. Uh, very happy to be part of your show. Thanks. So you've been with Continental for nearly 16 years now, uh, longer than most of the startups that people actually in India right now know. And interestingly, Continental itself has completed 150 years, I believe, last year. Uh, you are currently handling the entire business area architecture and networking division, but you've done a variety of roles in the past as well, within Continental and even before. So can you just give it, or give the audience a quick overview about the roles you've had and what you liked about each of the roles? Yeah. Uh, Continental, uh, in India at least, uh, or uh, took over a company called Siemens Video because I joined in 2006 of October. Uh, and at that time, there was no Continental. It was uh, Siemens Video. And uh, from 2006 to 2008, uh, it was uh, mainly Siemens Video. And then mm-hmm. Continental took over Siemens Video. And uh, we had a separate uh, location uh, to, from where we were. And uh, that started, kick-started my career in Continental. But uh, I've had a variety of roles in Conti. Uh, very interesting and very uh, fascinating roles. And mm-hmm. I've all enjoyed every part of it. I think the first one was uh, when I started my career in uh, Siemens Video, I started looking at uh, in the R&D field. Uh, we started working on a Ford Fusion project, the Ford Fusion car project, which was being developed in Toulouse uh, headquarters that time uh, for development of Ford cars. And uh, there I had traveled there for around two months to do this development. Uh, it was a good experience where you get to learn a lot of development work, uh, how vehicles are finally taken into production, uh, what kind of development is done. Uh, over a period of time, then uh, R&D, because uh, since I came from Bosch, over a period of three years, I was doing the same thing. And then I moved uh, to a different role because uh, doing four years of development, I thought it's good enough. Let's change a role. Luckily, uh, my boss was very helpful. And he was very interested in giving me different kinds of roles. And uh, then I moved on to something called a customer management. And customer Mm -hmm. management includes everything. Uh, So from uh, being a resident engineer to looking after quality topics, to handling warranty topics, to handling sales, to handling uh, project management. So it was a variety of experiences what I had with uh, different customers. Initially, Mm -hmm. I started looking after global customers. When I say global customers, it was like Volkswagen, uh, Ford, all these guys. And then uh, I started looking after local Indian OEMs. And Indian OEMs, I mean Mahindra and Tata. And uh, there I started my career into sales, uh, where I started taking care of um, uh, many, many uh, different products uh, within the powertrain sector, because I was mainly in powertrain at that point of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, was looking at different uh, roles within that in sales. 
and where we started acquiring many businesses at different OEMs. And uh, one of the largest businesses for continental India came in during that time. Uh, after some time, then I moved on to a different kind of a role. Uh, it was into two-wheelers because I think uh, the government of India had gotten a legislation for Bharat Street 6. And uh, because of this, all two-wheelers had to change their technology from uh, carburetor type to fuel injection in the powertrain sector. Mm -hmm. And then started handling uh, different OEMs and uh, took some projects into execution, into production uh, during that time. Uh, in around 2018-2019, uh, uh, there was news that Conti is um, uh, selling the powertrain sector and uh, it was called Vitesco Technologies. And uh, then I decided, uh, because of my long bonding to Continental, I decided I want to come back. And I was looking at different roles. And one of the roles which I got was uh, sales head for my business area of architecture and networking in India. And uh, later on, uh, this role became... Uh, lead role within the business area and that, that's how I took over the business area head position in India. Hello. So that's been my journey over 16 years. This is my 17th year. Uh, <laughs> very interesting, very challenging, uh, uh, very different and different kinds of fields. Uh, uh, but yeah, I've been very challenging, very happy with Continental and that's why I've stuck on to this company for a long Fantastic. So actually you got a very interesting point that I wanted to discuss here. So like you mentioned uh, like your boss, he actually gave you the opportunity to try out different roles. So uh, how do you really balance? I mean, like, for example, in uh, in a company like Continental, which has, of course, been there for like 150 years, and there's so much innovation also happening, otherwise they cannot persist. So when you have to balance innovation or any new risk-taking venture, right? So you try out different things from an on-ground perspective, but you also need to handle the management. So how do you handle, you know, the, the layer below you and the layer above you? How do you manage that? Uh, yeah, so I, I think I think uh, I, I start uh, my my boss. I think your question was first to start how your boss gave you a different role. I think right. it's important uh, that you, you know what you want to become uh, to test yourself on what you want to become. I think you need to go into different roles. Uh, just doing the same role at some point of time, you're going to give in and then say that well, what am I doing? I think it's uh, it's uh, you need to do something different. And that's how people start uh, looking at different roles. For me, it was different. Uh, I, I thought I should enter something different. I, sales was very challenging. And luckily, uh, my boss was very uh, encouraging as well. And uh, he gave me this role. Uh, I think I uh, learned a lot from my boss at that point of time. I think to grow, to make people know. Uh, I think uh, giving them exposure to different kinds of roles is very important. Uh, so you can make them develop as leaders going forward. Uh, I think I follow the same thing. Uh, it's important that you uh, you know what's happening in the organization. It's important what's happening in your business area. It's important to know everything. And mm -hmm. it's important to know from the top side as well what's happening around the world. Uh, it's not enough if you do it only India-specific. I think uh, uh, lo looking at the global perspe perspective is very important because at some point of time, uh, the global things are going to flow into India. And uh, whatever's happening in India, it's the other way. So you need to give this information to the global team as well, because I think they need to understand what what kind of an approach India is taking. So to be prepared uh, to any eventuality, right? So sure. it's it's just balancing uh, in the right way, trying to understand what's the global perspective, trying to understand the Indian perspective, and trying to be be as a communicator between these two uh, departments. Uh, so I can call that. Yeah, and uh, I think if you can do this well, I think it's it's good enough. You can manage everything uh, really well. Great. So I personally love sales, right? So 
But however, there seems to be a very public image that sales is basically somebody like who can sell a bald man a coom. And I genuinely believe, and this is something right from the beginning, that I think this is not a solution, right? Because he'll just go back and he'll realize that he was just taken for a ride. So yeah. how critical do you feel it is that long-term planning or putting the customer first is paramount when it comes to sales? Uh, I think that's, uh, at least in my automotive, I'm, I've been in the automotive division uh, for a long time. Uh, at least all my career, I've been linked to automotive. And uh, whenever you're dealing with customers, uh, in specifically in the sales role, it's it's you just can't sell something, right? Uh, okay. First, you need to understand the product. What they're, they're uh, for me to understand and tell internally what what the customer wants. I need to understand his requirements first. And for me to understand his requirements, I should understand my product first. What I'm going to sell. I think uh, if there is a link between both, uh, and that link should be me. And, and I think if I can get it the right price, because it, it's not possible to sell something at a very high price because there's a lot of competition. And it's not right that I just give some pricing. We have to make profits. There's no uh, double thinking about it. But uh, it's not that you're going to charge overly that uh, you lose the program. It should be a win-win situation for both. So customer understands that you're going to make profit. Otherwise, you don't exist as a business. And uh, it should be that it's affordable to him as well. Looking at these two perspectives, uh, you always sell in the automotive industry. But requirements are very key. I think understanding the requirements and then adapting your product to his requirements. And once that technically technical aspect is clear, then I think we go into the next step of sales. Uh, and sales is, uh, you just can't throw numbers. Uh, you need to explain to him numbers. And I think uh, this is what customers appreciate. When you give them uh, details on what they want, uh, what, what, how can they optimize further? I think uh, it's a it's a balanced approach where you understand the customer and he understands you. And when you reach this point, I think uh, you'll do really well as an organization. So, I, I, like I said, it's a it's a balanced approach. You just can't throw numbers, uh, at least in the automotive division. Correct. So, and you've led teams now in like in a variety of roles. So, what are the traits that you personally look for while you're hiring? Uh, it's, uh, I think, I think, uh, first thing what I see is people should be adaptable. Uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, one is they need to know some kind of, they need to have some kind of technical knowledge because that shows that they're interested in the topic, what they're doing. Uh, it's just not to have an overview. I think whatever he's doing, he's doing it to the interest. That's the first thing. Second thing is, like I said, adaptability, right? Uh, because at any point of time, you can move to a different role. Uh, it's you should never be fixed to your role uh, so example one day you can do sales another day you can do project management another day you can get, enter into maybe supply chain or key account uh, the thing is when you grow as a person and uh, as a leader right, you need to know how all departments within the organization or within the division is working I think it's important to understand this and once you understand how all departments are working right, then that day you can grow as a leader so I, I see all these aspects. Uh, one is how how interested is he in his uh, subject, whichever subject. It doesn't have to be linked to only me. But whatever subject he is doing, how interested is he? How interested is he in uh, being adaptable? Uh, adaptable. And the last one is maybe problem solving. Uh, how good is he in problem solving? Because if you see people today, uh, or maybe sometime back, uh, people are always saying, why no? Why you can't do it? 
Uh, I think people should always think why you can do it. I think that's the most important topic, and this is what I see. Instead of being a blocking point, be an enabler to a solution rather than a blocking point to a solution. So yeah, these are the aspects which I see. Fantastic. So uh, especially when you have a team, right? You will have different mindsets of people there. So like the way you mentioned, there'll be some people who will want to think how can they think out of the box and solve it. But you will also probably find a few people who are not. Uh, that ready to take on different kind of you know risks or try something completely out of the blue. So how do you handle the conflicts that arise within the team? Um, that's a, a difficult one, uh, Kaushik, because I think the conflicts come from uh, different kinds. There are different kinds of conflicts. Each situation is a different kind of a conflict. I think one is a people conflict, one is an ego conflict. I think various kinds of conflicts and uh, each department has a different kind of a conflict. There are blocking points in doing certain but I think uh, as a leader, you need to enable, understand what the topic is. And for that particular problem, you need to give a solution. It's a compromise. At the end of the day, it's a compromise. Uh, how do you, which one is more priority for you uh, mm-hmm. to solve? I think uh, keeping that in mind, uh, looking at the end result as a solution. I think how do you compromise certain things and finally drive people towards the solution, what you think? I think that's the most important part of the yeah, any topic or project or anything. And uh, if I can be an enabler in doing this uh, without being biased uh, towards anyone, I think uh, that's where uh, it's important I solve this problem and go forward. I think people in my team understand that. I think whoever I try to take into my team, I try to build in that mindset. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's been successful so far. Yeah. Hopefully in future also it continues to be a success. Fantastic. Um, it's- Actually, a very interesting point because I know you've led high-performing teams throughout your life almost. So surveys have shown that one of the reasons that high-performing teams uh, actually make more mistakes. So what happens is that they talk about their failures more openly. However, within an organization, and this is across, right? So within the organization, what tends to happen is that people do not want to talk openly about their failures, probably because it'll be misconstrued in a different way. So what are your thoughts about this and you know, what's the best way going forward? I, I, I think uh, failure is not a big thing. Uh, at some point of time, uh, anyone, everyone are going to fail. And whatever decision you take at some point of time is going to be wrong. And until it's not wrong, you won't succeed. So you'll only realize uh, that uh, you can do much better than it when once you fail. And I don't think failure is a big thing which uh, you shouldn't talk about. I think it's a learning which you should uh, share with others. I think people should understand this. And only once you share more and more topics with each other, right? People understand uh, as to what might, might be the right vision to go ahead. And it's just sharing experiences. I think people should never take failures in the negative direction. It's just understanding the person. Uh, he took this decision because at some point of time as a leader, you need to take some decision. And some decisions are liked by some people. Some decisions are not liked by some people. You can't satisfy everyone. That's normal as a leader. But I think as a leader, you need to take a decision. And that's very important. Uh, And that should be, at least you should think it's right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Talking about failures um, um, and that decision what you take might fail someday, might not fail, it might succeed. And I don't see any leader anywhere in the world who has not failed. Everyone has failed somewhere or the other. It's only uh, how do you come out of it, uh, share your experiences, be brave to share your experiences with others. And I don't think it should be taken as negative for anyone. I I don't think. Uh, This is my opinion. And uh, I've shared many failure experiences with others. 
and uh, i think uh, just, uh, same should go with others as well and it should never be negative about a person it should only be a learning they say daily it's a learning activity for us right so mm. failures are just learnings for us to grow as a person and then grow as a leader fantastic so what's the failure that you've learned the most from uh i yeah, <laughs> failure i i i think uh when when you move departments right uh, uh shik you understand uh, how each department works and uh, for me i i've gone through various uh, roles within the organization at some points of time you you uh, take some decisions and those decisions are not in favor uh, mm-hmm. and especially in sales right when you're dealing with money you need to be very careful and at some points of time you take you take some uh, calls which are not favorable to the organization Uh, mm-hmm. how do you justify that and how do you come out of it uh, is uh, a, a person is seen as to how he comes out of failure uh, i i won't give you a specific instance uh, i don't have a, a very specific instance which just comes to mind but for in any department which i have gone through i think they have had their own kinds of difficulties and uh, you have to take certain decisions and some decisions are not liked by some people some decisions are liked by some people i think managing people uh, and uh, getting over it and coming out on top i see that as uh, the best uh, uh, topic which i could do uh, and that's a learn been a learning for me over a period of time and uh, understanding people and trying to solve their uh, or understand their problems and then trying to solve it and take it forward i think yeah that's that's uh, uh, it's a very generic one i won't say i won't give you a very specific instance of it no no i absolutely love the answer and what's your personal take on the ev space right and where do you see the automotive industry in the next let's say 5 to 10 years global level it will be much faster than uh, expected mainly in passenger cars uh, passenger cars uh, will move to ev globally much faster than in india but in india it will be a slightly different kind of an approach uh, india will move to scooters scooters and three wheelers and maybe some part of commercial vehicles as well uh, commercial vehicles i mean buses uh, will move into ev uh passenger cars will be the last ones i think uh, looking at the infrastructure i think uh, india will require much more time to move passenger cars into electric vehicles but two wheelers uh, should uh, happen and uh, two wheelers mainly scooters and then bikes catch up after that uh, mm-hmm. it will take some time but a uh, maximum penetration what we see a big one might come towards the end of this uh, decade that's towards 2030 uh, which we see uh, moving towards the ev direction that's what we project but uh, you can't say in the ev sector it can just wrap up suddenly but our projection so far is that uh, maximum penetration of two wheelers will happen towards 2030 very interesting okay yeah. so let's move to the mental wellness front of it right uh, yeah. how critical do you think that the work life balance is and how do you personally try and maintain this yeah so uh, i i i am into sports uh, mm-hmm. so i i play a lot of sport mainly outdoor sports i am mm-hmm. a big cricket and a football fan so i i still play i just recently played for my school too uh, as part of a old boys association we just recently played a tournament uh, very interesting uh, to participate in your school uh, Uh, tournaments uh, after being uh, 40 plus as well i i think it's very interesting but uh, i think it keeps you uh, going i think it's very important that you're part of some sport you're part of some activity other than work i think you need your free time you need time where you don't think of anything and uh, that can be done only in such activities this is my personal feeling uh, 
uh, where you don't think about anything related to your work your personal life anything and just concentrate on a sport or an activity completely uh, out of what's happening in the world and just mm-hmm. concentrate on a certain activity that gives you a break it's a kind of meditation for me where i don't think of anything else only think of that sport and it's for a few hours but it's very important for me to just come out of and refresh myself uh, i think the same should go with everyone uh, it's not important to just think of work it's important to balance it and uh, yeah i think you need to uh, have something uh, i am into sports but others can be into something else but uh, something where you try and balance your work related stuff uh, and just come out of it so that you have a balanced mind and refresh yourself when the next week starts mm-hmm. i think it's very important yeah absolutely because i've seen your uh, quite a few images of yours winning world uh, winning the football tournaments and all so is this something like football and even cricket for the matter so is it like you go out every weekend kind of a thing to yeah so i i i've been uh, i've captained the continental for some time in the cricket tournaments wow. we've won some uh, cricket tournaments in conti uh age is catching up with cricket and uh, <laughs> yeah so uh, moved to football i think uh, it's important to keep your fitness level uh, cricket uh, doesn't give you that fitness levels as football so we started playing football in conti itself conti promotes a lot of football activities uh, we've been sponsoring most of the internal uh, football tournaments or some things where we practice and we develop a team to play outside i mm-hmm. think uh, we've been encouraging conti has been very supportive conti was also the official sponsor of the world cup for some time uh, some years back Uh, okay. i think uh, we we had some tournaments internally within continental as well where we could travel to other countries to play football which is unheard of anywhere uh, i think uh, there are some reasons why it stopped but it was there and that was very interesting uh, i continued that uh, i didn't want to stop football i think i i still play for conti i i play wherever i can and then the school thing happens every weekend uh, where most of the school guys who have passed out from school get together on a saturday and we play a, a tournament amongst us or a match amongst ourselves and sometimes we enter tournaments that keeps you going i think it's very interesting uh, and keeps you going uh, very interesting uh, to do such uh, kind of activities get to know more people get to know your past get to know more about your school uh, get to know many things so it helps a lot you right so you are one of the very few fellow morning people i know but of course i'm not as morning a person as you are because i remember when we tried uh, setting the schedule for this you quickly said that you know let's do it around 9ish so of course for you the day starts like 8:39 looks like so what is typically your morning routine like uh, i i <laughs> i work in electronic city um, kaushik so i i start at 7 uh, i get up wow. at 6 uh, usually around 6 uh, i used to used to practice yoga for some 3 years uh, i stopped in between uh, mm-hmm. but at that point of time i used to get up at 5 uh moved uh, now to 6 uh, 6 i get up uh, i drop my son uh, to the bus stop uh, close by and then i go to office so i reach office by 7:37:45 the the reason being uh, sometimes you have meetings which continues beyond 5 you can't do anything but wherever possible i try to leave early it's just to avoid the traffic on the way and then reach home early and take calls from home if possible i think it just helps you avoid the traffic but uh, it helps you uh, the earlier you get up i feel uh, it refreshes you as well uh, one thing is you don't want to get stuck in the traffic and then uh, uh, your day goes uh, it goes difficult right sometimes you just think on the traffic so i just mm. try to avoid the traffic get into work early uh, try to be fresh and then the whole day goes well for me so it's been working for me so far so i didn't want to change that approach at all <laughs> 
lovely great and if you so my final question which is usually my favorite question of the day that if you had to give some advice to the 20 year old darshan you know let's say during our rv days what would that be i think i would have been a little more confident uh, people need to be a little more confident of what they think i think you need to be adaptable uh, be adaptable uh, be flexible in the uh, in uh, whatever you're doing and try to do new things uh, don't uh, limit yourself i think uh, uh, what what i felt was i was always uh, thinking in one direction and uh, mm-hmm. i think that is not the right way at least i would have told myself think in different directions it's not only uh, what you think is the right direction there may be different approaches to a same solution a same problem i think i would have uh, given this advice that think differently uh, uh there will be always a solution uh, don't get bogged down be very confident of what you're doing and finally success comes at some point of time to everyone it's just how uh, when is that uh, you just need to wait for the right time but uh, this is my advice i think uh, yeah, yeah that's what i can say to the answers uh, if i i was uh, 20 years now kaushik i would have taken that advice uh, i would have uh, yeah been very positive just that uh, after 20 years i realized this is the right advice. but i should just add something here uh, right from the time i knew you you were one of the most confident people i knew so mm-hmm. definitely your confidence level was one of the best and i think uh, that's the only way right so to come back to the previous point also that's the only yeah. way that you're going to go out of your comfort zone so you've tried a whole variety of things i mean yeah uh, very few people i know who have you know gone into sales project management uh, r&d in fact r&d and sales are like along with project management between so you have done all the facets that are there yeah. so i think that's a great learning and a pre, i mean specifically something that i want to impress on the audience is that it's not taboo right during like our times like in the late 90s it was like in college and all it's unheard of so you cannot think of telling people that you know like we are going to somebody like a shrink or something for a mental wellness kind of a thing but i think now the times have changed uh, whether or not somebody goes to a shrink but at least these are topics that people talk about very openly yeah and one of the main reasons that i wanted to do uh, this podcast with you is that people should understand that it's not like every successful person uh, has you know been walking in the fields of gold or something and they've had a very comfortable life with no challenges it's been nice sir uh, it's been a good challenge in conti i think i've been very thankful to conti for what continental has done for me so far the same with the, my previous company too if they didn't give me then continental wouldn't have happened and uh, it's been a very uh, different kind of a career but very interesting one uh, you can uh, look upon it that there were some mistakes which were done but you can also look at the positives and say that uh, these are the things which i should do i should have done in a different way but that's mm-hmm. a learning i think that learning how do you learn and go through it go through the cycle of uh, the next step taking the next step uh, from your previous learning that's very important i think hopefully uh, i continue to do that encourage youngsters uh, uh, and uh, hopefully be helpful for people who want to grow in this uh, sector No, no. I'm sure you. This will be a big help because uh, I'm. I mean, the audience will really love insights, especially uh, in the auto space. Or I mean, it's one of the hottest spaces right now again. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so thank you so much, Darshan, for having taken the time out uh, for joining me on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Really appreciate all the insights, be it around yeah, yeah. the auto space itself, around the leadership, or even around the mental wellness. Thank you, Kaushik. Uh, thank you very much for having me uh, in this. Uh... podcast i think i think it was important for me too it just took some time sorry for that but uh, <laughs> it it is a good experience for me too 
uh, I would like to end by saying that I think uh, Conti is a great company. In case you have a chance to work for Conti, please do. I think you get a variety of uh, roles, what you can experience. Uh, it's a different kind of a company, but automotive is always interesting for everyone, at least most of the people I've heard. Uh, I think if, if they get a chance, uh, try to explore Continental and uh, try to join us and see what you can do for the betterment of the automotive industry. Great. I think you can expect a lot of CVs coming your way on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, glad if I could help. Uh, we, we're always looking out for talent. Uh, so if I could help in some way, hopefully I can uh, encourage youngsters uh, going in the right direction. Great. Love it. Thank you so much, Darshan. Thank you, Kaushik. Thank you for having me. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you wish to collaborate, you can reach out to me on linkedin.com slash in slash kaushik hyphen boost.